Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is a chapter presenting the promise of the Lord's return and the rapture of all the believers at the end of this age. And to the young believers in Thessalonica, these words were encouraging and filled them with hope. But in chapter 5, Paul begins with the word, but, implying that though it's good to be encouraged by the hope of the Lord's second coming, before he does come, we need to be watchful and sober, and most of all prepared and ready for his coming. It's in this light that we come to the last half of the final chapter of this short book to the new believers in the church in Thessalonica. Chapter 5, verse 12 begins this way. Furthermore, we ask you, brothers, to acknowledge those who labor among you and take the lead among you in the Lord and admonish you, and to regard them most highly in love because of their work, be at peace among yourselves. Francis Paul has joined us as we fellowship again on this life study of First Thessalonians. And Francis, it strikes me that the context here, Paul begins these very practical words now about the church life and some things related to the leadership and a proper attitude, but He's done it against the backdrop of the Lord's coming and the rapture and even a couple of words there implying the coming judgment of the saints. So it makes this matter a little more vital to us, doesn't it? Well, we should realize that his reference to the Lord's coming no doubt creates quite a bit of excitement and enjoyment and anticipation. But he's just dealt a little bit in our last uh, broadcast, a little bit with being sober and watchful. So we have to consider this. Being sober and watchful has to do with our attitude toward the whole Christian life, but especially concerning the Lord's coming. We shouldn't get excited just in an emotional way or be misled by not seeing the seriousness of His coming. It's not just a joyful thing to make us really excited, but it's a uh, sobering matter that the Lord would come like a thief in the night, and we would need to be ready. So I think we'll see something about this in the practical application of our living mm-hmm. in our waiting. Exactly. Uh, so now when we consider the kind of matters that we'll talk about today, those that are uh, sort of enumerated in a brief way in this uh, last half of the last chapter, it's in this context of being ready, being prepared, really being in a watchful attitude, as you said, for the Lord's coming. So it makes these matters, I think, important to all of us, and uh, I think many of us are looking to the Lord's return hopefully in our lifetime, but uh, that's in his timing. But should he come now, as I'm sure the believers there felt if he would have come in their time, we do need to be ready, don't we? That's right. This is a serious matter, not just a matter for our rejoicing, but for our matter in the meantime to be sober and watchful. All right. 
Francis, we want to pick up this word. Furthermore, we ask you, brothers, to acknowledge those who labor among you. That'll be a focus of this first section. And uh, it's the same Greek word in the New Testament found in another passage. We'll hear Witness Lee make a passing uh, reference to it. I thought I'd go ahead and read from Matthew chapter 7, a couple of verses there. I think this passage will be familiar, but we'll point out the same word, which is not translated in English in the same way, but it has the same meaning as uh, the word acknowledge in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Matthew seven twenty one says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of the heavens, but he who does the will of my Father who is in the heavens. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, was it not in your name that we prophesied, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name did many works of power? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And this word, knew, I never knew, is the same word, Francis, as we'll hear in the portion just ahead, for us to acknowledge or to know those who labor among us. Interesting, isn't it? Yes, very interesting, because to have this kind of attitude really uh, exposes our loose way of understanding the Lord's coming and kind of a false hope that many people have. Well, when the Lord comes, I'll be caught away in the sky and and all this kind of a vain thought. But So I think this needs to sober us quite a bit. I think it will today. All right, here's Witness Lee with our first portion. Now we come to the ending of the first book. Here, in this ending, you should have a lot of wonderful items. In the New Testament, there is no other book end in such a marvelous or inclusive way. You cannot even tell how much this ending includes or how much this ending compresses. The first item, to me, is quite strange. It says, We ask you, brothers, to know those who labor among you. This word now, in the uh, Greek language, really means to respect, to honor, to appreciate. You know, in Matthew 7, when the Lord comes back, Many would go to him and say, Lord, we did this in your name. We did that for your sake. We did a lot of work, right? Then the Lord says, I never knew you. That means what? I never appreciate what you did. So here means what? We have to uh, respect, to appreciate those who labor among us. Verse 13, and to regard them most highly in love. This is clear, right? When Paul was writing, no doubt, the salt was there. You see, in the preceding portion, the point was to be watchful and to be sober. That means to be on the alert for the fighting. Christian life is a fighting life. We all have to be on the alert. While Paul was writing that portion, the next thought came in. If you are watchful, if you are sober for the spiritual warfare, you must learn to respect, to honor the uh, leading ones in the church. Why? You know 
in an army, in a navy, if you don't respect the captain, if you don't respect those who are above you, and that army is destroyed. You just cannot fight. If you are going to be a good fighter, you have to respect your captain. I believe the South was there. Otherwise, how could right away after the portion on watchfulness and super nice, Paul came to this point that we all have to respect the leading ones among us. Francis, when you and I were together uh, last Friday, we were touching the first part of chapter 5, and these terms, watchful and sober, had a very definite application to the matter of uh, warfare, didn't they? Yeah. And so here now, as Paul touches the attitude of the believers towards the leading ones in their midst, in their church, it's in this same vein, and that uh, makes this matter quite a bit more significant, doesn't it? I feel that this is very, very balanced, because if we're sober and we're watchful, we will not be foolish and careless. And if a matter of uh, being submissive to those that take the lead... That's not like under a rule, but it's under a shepherding care. And certainly they should respect this kind of care. And the elders and those taking the lead in the church should be this kind of person, caring for the saints and caring for their need and also keeping them under a, a sober guidance. So I think we'll see more about this in Brother Lee's further sharing. But I believe we really need to realize that there is this kind of need to be under the leadership of those who take the lead among us so that we don't run wild, we don't do things independently, and we don't spoil the peace of all the saints. I'd like to come back to the point he made at the beginning of the section that we tried to set up uh, by reading that passage from Matthew. Now, when the Lord comes back and uh, he is uh, evaluating us whether or not we would pass right directly into the kingdom, mm-hmm. There's the potential from what we just read in chapter 7 of Matthew that he might say, I never knew you. Yeah. And the word know there is this same word to know or to acknowledge or to respect and to honor the leading ones among us. So when he comes back, surely we would like him to say, I do know you. I mm-hmm. do respect. I do honor you. Enter in. It's the attitude that we hope he has towards us that we're now encouraged by the apostle to bring to those who are in the lead among us, isn't it? Yes, that's a very good connection to make because this is the kind of attitude we'd long to have from him. So we would like to be able to cultivate this kind of attitude toward those who are over us. Right. That we would get the same kind of appreciation. Praise the Lord, he will evaluate us. Yes, he will. And uh, today we need to be the kind of army that uh, he would be happy to say that he honors and respects and esteems enough to uh, let do some fighting, yeah. not for him, but certainly with him. Francis, let's go on to the next uh, couple of verses here in the sequence in chapter 5. At the end of verse 13, he says, Be at peace among yourselves. And then he continues, And we exhort you, brothers, admonish the disorderly, console the faint-hearted, sustain the weak, be long-suffering toward all. Another series of very practical points in Paul's fellowship this young church in Thessalonica. Here's Witness Lee once more. Another point, be at peace among yourselves. If the saints do not respect 
to not regard the living ones. There will be no peace. You think about in a family or in a home, if the uh, youngest one would not respect the older ones, even would not respect the parents, how could that home be at peace? It's impossible. For an army, if there's no peace in that army, then how could that army fight? It's finished. For an army to fight, there must be the peace and harmony among themselves. So, you could see the sequence after the uh, word concerning how to respect, regard the living ones, right away Paul says, be at peace among yourselves. Now 14, and we entreat you, brothers, and monising the disorderly. Paul is to be disordered just to act on your own. You don't care for a good order in the church life. You are altogether disorderly. Then, another point, console the faint-hearted. In Greek, faint-hearted is little-souled. One whose soul is so little. This one's capacity to bear, to suffer, to learn, to take responsibility, the capacity is so narrow. This is little sold. So we have to comfort them, to console them. Then uphold the weak. We have to uh, uphold them. And be long-suffering to all. This is needed. Don't expect there is no trouble, no problem among the saints in the local church. Today we are still in the old creation. Still a lot of problems. The church life is not today's utopia. Learn not to be bothered. Learn to belong. Francis, a whole series of uh, very practical points here. Be at peace among yourselves. Of course, without this, how could an army have any ability to fight? Then admonish the disorderly, console the faint-hearted, and sustain or uphold the weak. And finally, we need to learn to be long-suffering in the church life, don't we? My, you can't say that there's no problems in the church life. <laughs> really, uh, of course, if we learn to live according to the Spirit and really uh, respect those that take the lead among us, it's not hard to be at peace. But there are always problems, and these problems are dealt with in quite a practical way in Brother Lee's speaking here. Admonish the disorderly. There are times when a person has to be corrected or admonished or lovingly cared for that he would not be so independent and so separate from the others. And then uh, the matter of the faint-hearted or, as he said, the little soul. Yeah. We do have cases like this where the person's soul is just not capable of standing very much pressure or very much adjustment. So we have to be able to console them. And then, of course, those who are weak, so they need to have some help, some support, some supply. And this is really calls for a good long suffering on the part of 
not only the elders, but all the saints, toward these weak ones, that they may have the supply and the strengthening and the support that's needed for them to be able to go on. So we have to be long-suffering toward them and willing to help them. As we've uh, spoken many other times in the past about words like this, uh, let's pick up this matter of long-suffering. It's a description of a kind of life that we, in our natural composition, most of us uh, don't have operating, Mm do we? That's right. Long-suffering is just what it says, suffering long. Don't just be able to suffer one little thing, but be able to suffer long, especially when helping the weak. We need to be able to endure their weakness and be able to support and supply them and make up the lack. So these are very practical instructions that the apostle is giving these brothers and the saints in the church in Thessalonica. And I think it's very fitting for us today to have a good review of these points and to have some instruction for ourselves about how to handle these kind of situations. He continues on. Let's go ahead and read a few more verses here for our final portion today. Uh, Verses 16 through 22, again in chapter 5. Always rejoice, unceasingly pray, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And then do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but prove all things. Hold fast to what is good and abstain from every kind of evil. Again, all of these things, Francis, practical points written in light of or against the backdrop of the Lord's coming and our being raptured to him and the need for us to be watchful and sober. Here's Witness Lee for our final segment. Then after this, listen to Paul. Always rejoice. Unceasingly pray. Rejoice first. Pray second, then give thanks. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. To rejoice, to pray, and to give thanks. All these three is the will of God. Then verse 19, do not quench the spirit. The Christian life is a spirit-inspired life. Every day, morning to evening, we must have the spirit stirring us up, inspiring us, moving within us. So, don't quench the spirit. Learn not to quench the spirit, but rather fan the flame. Quench, this word, implies the burning fire. The spirit is burning within you. Don't quench this fire. Rather, fan this fire into flame. Do not despise prophecies, but prove all things. And this indicates, on the one hand, you should not despise But on the other hand, you should not follow blindly. You still need to prove. And to prove means what? To put things on test. This uh, includes to discern the prophecies, to discern the prophets, to test the spirit, to prove what is the will of God, and to prove what is well-pleasing to the Lord. 
then hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. That means from every kind of evil. From any evil that is in your perception. The believers who live a holy life in faith, love, and hope should abstain from evil in any form and of any kind. Well, Francis, the list has just about doubled here with the addition of these few verses. Mm-hmm. All of these points are valuable, and I invite you to comment on any that you have uh, some feeling about. But it sure struck me listening here, with all that we've heard today, with all that we had in our program on Friday, this matter of the, the running the risk of quenching the spirit, if we fall into that condition, it almost nullifies any opportunity we have of carrying out the rest of these, doesn't it? It takes an exercise of the spirit to rejoice to pray, to give thanks. So if we quench the spirit that's burning within us, we don't have any way to carry out these other matters, which are really our way of cooperating with God's operation in us. Yeah. So I feel like these points all go together quite well. And even this matter of not despising prophesying, this requires us to exercise our spirit, to be burning in spirit, and not quench the spirit. But at the same time, don't just... uh, take everything without some consideration. Things need to be proved. They need to be tested. If someone's prophesying something and is off in a matter that is damaging to the church, we have to be able to prove and test the Mm -hmm. prophesying. So then when he mentioned the last thing, and that is abstaining from every kind of evil, he mentioned this is a species, the different kinds of evil, not just the appearance of evil, but any kind of evil from any direction yeah. should be abstained from. This is our way of cooperating with his operation. Yes, and in the coming programs this week particularly, we will focus on this matter of our cooperation with his operation. We cannot initiate, in a sense, the working. God is doing the work, but it does require our cooperating with his operating, doesn't it, Francis? Yes, it does. Francis, uh, good to have fellowship on these points again with you, and I uh, appreciated our time together last week and also today. Tomorrow we come to a verse in chapter 5, verse 23, and maybe uh, in closing we'll just read that and ask you to make a very brief comment about it. And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. My, I look forward to that verse being fellowshiped on this kind of a program because this is really in three sections. May your spirit, that is taken care of by the regeneration. The life comes into our spirit. That which is born of the spirit is spirit, our spirit. And soul, that's taken care of by the transforming work of the spirit within us. And the body, that will be taken care of at the transfiguration. But even now, He gives life to our mortal bodies by our enjoyment of him as the resurrected Christ and the life-giving spirit. And Paul's exhortation in that verse to be sanctified wholly is very much related to these practical points we touched today. We really need to get through, and the Lord needs us and needs those who would get through by cooperating with him in all of these practical points that there could be such a sanctification, such a kind of a gaining of his people on the earth prior to and in preparation of his coming. And I like the term, and the God of peace himself. Yes. Sanctify you. 
Amen. It's the God of peace who's doing the sanctifying work. As I said, it is good to have this fellowship, and uh, hope you're able to come back soon, Francis. Here we had you a couple days in a row, and that's a treat for us. I would love to do that. Thank you very much. We hope you'll join us also as we continue on this week. Let me give you our toll-free number, invite you to contact us about the life study messages that we have and the other material at Living Stream. For all of those things, just call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. And our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email is radio at lsm. To join us again tomorrow for the program where we will pick up this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. For Francis Paul, I'm Chris Wilde. Thanks very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs consist of excerpts from Witness Lee's spoken ministry, along with our discussion and comments, and all focusing on God's heart's desire that we would enjoy Christ as the divine life for man. These Life Study messages show us that every book of the Bible reveal that enjoying Him in this way will bring us to the goal of our salvation. There are more than 1,700 programs like this one available online free of charge that you can download, stream live, or add to your podcast subscription. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. That's lsmradio.com. You can also reach us by email, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.